the time has come for the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ to be preached round the whole world from our Jerusalem with new vigor. Join us in our services at Christ Apostolic Church All Saints Chapel, located inside the CS General Secretariat Complex and Lugwa Bajoro Ibadon. Sunday Glorious Service holds every Sunday, 8 to 11 a.m. Wednesdays, 5.30 to 7 p.m. is the time to search the scripture in our Bible study session. And every Friday at 5.30 to 7 p.m. is the power-packed prayer meeting where God of Christ Apostolic Church will be pulling down strongholds and repackaging people's lives. Your testimony is guaranteed as you join us in all our services. Pastor T.D. Asukeji, All Saints Chapel's Chaplain, says you are welcome to the atmosphere of miracles, signs, and wonders. For inquiries, please contact 0909-396-2095 or 703 or 0806-1137-570. CAC All Saints Chapel, making ready a people prepared for the Lord. Father Lord, once again, we worship you, we thank you for the breath of life that you have given unto us. Thank you for all you've done for us. You are our God. We have no other. Thank you for the name that you gave to us, the name that is above every other name, that at the mention of the name of Jesus, Every knee must bow and every tongue confess. Lord, we thank you for the rich heritage which is ours in the Lord Jesus Christ. For this and for many other things that you have done for us, we say glory be to your name in the name of Jesus. Lord, once again, we pray that your word will have a place in our heart today. To the glory of your name. And when we have heard your word, we pray that we will be able to be doers of the same. We pray in Jesus' name. Thank you. Good morning once again, everyone. Thank you so much for coming. Uh, once again, we want to read from the book of Luke. Chapter 9, that has been our reading for some weeks now, except last Sunday when I had to go to Lagos. Luke chapter 9, I read again from verse 27, Luke 9 verse 27, but I tell you truly, there are some standing here who shall not taste death till they see the kingdom of God. Now it came to pass about eight days after these sayings that he took Peter, John, and James and went up on the mountain to pray. As he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered, and his robe became white and glistering. And behold, two men talked with him, who were Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his decease, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. They spoke of his decease. 
they spoke of his death. Hallelujah. 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 I will be considering the topic features of the kingdom. And um, that is when you become a member of the kingdom of God, there are certain things that will show, certain things you will have to exhibit for the whole world to see and to know that you are in the kingdom. Number one is that you have what? Oh my goodness, this is not a, <laughs> okay. Change what? Change countenance. Your countenance must change. We've talked about that. Then we talked about the uh, glittering cloth, which speaks of the righteousness of God. And um, thirdly, heavenly fellowship. Moses, Elijah were there uh, with Christ as well as um, uh, those uh, disciples. But today, we're considering another feature something that will let the whole world know that you are a member of the kingdom. Verse 30 says, And behold, two men talked with him, who were Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his death. They spoke of the death which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Number four feature of the kingdom is that um, you will um, have a kind of or demonstrate or show interest, particular interest in the death of Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That doesn't sound um, very attractive to you, does it? Huh? Uh, you see, <laughs> when you are in the kingdom of God, you will have a kind of uh, an interest, particular interest in the death of Christ. The Bible says they spoke of his death. Now, what are we talking about here? It was the only time in his 33 years of sojourn here on earth. It was the only time during his three and a half years of public ministry that he was glorified. Christ was never glorified throughout his days in the flesh except on this mountain. Mountain. Tabor or Tabiora. That was where his countenance changed, his cloth was glistering, and all sorts of things happened there. The only time, because he came as God in the flesh. So he had emptied himself of his glory when he came from heaven. That's the mystery of incarnation. He condescended to the level of, level of humanity. The glory he put down, he lay aside in heaven and deliberately put on the human form, deliberately. And while the human form, there was nothing to distinguish him from among others. It was just as ordinary as any human being can be. 
But here, on this mountain, he was in glory. His countenance changed. We're talking of glory here. We're talking of glorification here. We're talking of transfiguration here. So, that was very dazzling. The, the, the disciples saw him in a completely different form. To them, this was not the same Jesus we've been dealing with before. Huh? Countenance changed. Cloth glistening. The Bible says there is no uh, um, launderer that can launder a cloth to be as white as that. Everything about him was brilliant. Everything about him was shining. Excellent. Dazzling. And then you have these two characters. Elijah and Moses. <laughs> they, they also appeared in glory. That's what the Bible says. They appeared in glory. And what did they talk about? The Bible says they spoke of his death. What has God that to do? What has that got to do with uh, glory? We're talking of glory here. Talking of uh, uh, brilliance, dazzling, shining. And some people, two of them came and began to talk about death. Now, would you, you know, these days in which we live, I've always put some question mark on the confession of many Christians today. Is it true? Is this, is this the real thing? Is this all about, is this what Christianity is all about? Today we talk about our glory. Our glory. That's very much common on our lips these days. Go to the mountain, go to prayer meeting, go to vigil, go to all church services. We talk about glory, glory, glory. Oh, go, go, go. I want to go, shake it. go, shake it. Jack in go, Oh, go, go. Yes. There will be glory. But, you know, when you are in that glory, when everything is shining and brilliant and dazzling for you, and somebody now comes to you and begins to talk about what? Eh? Were you like that? But, you can't be more Catholic than the Pope. You can't be more um, saved than Christ. You can't be more Christian than Christ. In his glory... Done in his glorification, his transfiguration. This is what happened to him that never happened before. And uh, some two people came and began to talk about death. Uh-uh. That's not, this is not the right time to talk about death now. Huh? I remember, <laughs> well, these are not my saints. Our late governor in this uh, city, or state rather, the late governor Jimabi. Remember? He said he had um, taken it for uh, his lot, as his lot, that uh, by the time he would turn 70, that way he, should, he should die. Did you ever hear him say that? Yes. Huh? Yes. And he said, but uh, when I began to uh, enjoy all the uh, good things of life, I said, ah, maybe I should live up to 90, Yari. So when things are good and they're happening, when you are in your glory and uh, 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 everything is going well for you, 
Let nobody talk about death. But here, the Bible says, Elijah, Moses appeared unto Jesus Christ and they began to talk about the death he will accomplish in Jerusalem. Let's, let's examine our Christianity. If, if what we call Christianity today is the real thing, we're just, we're just playing or joking. You know, <laughs> if Elijah and Moses appeared unto him and they began to talk about his death, it, while in glory, that tells us that uh, no matter how glorious things are or will become, no matter the level of our success or breakthrough or achievement, death is certain. Whether we like it or not, I've always said it that as long as we're here on this terrestrial shore, on this planet Earth, we have to contend with the fact of death. We will die one day. And after that, what? Judgment. Whether we like it or not. You know, hmm. um, you know, he himself, remember, had earlier told his disciples when they came to him and began to show him the beauty, the grandeur, okay, the majesty of the building called the temple. The Bible says they came to him and they began to say, ah, master, don't you see how gorgeous? Eh? How enormous, how beautiful this building called the temple is? And what was his answer to them? So let me tell you this. The time comes, and very soon too, that no stone will be placed on another as far as this temple is concerned. It will be brought down. Beautiful, yes. Majestic building, yes. Architectural masterpiece, yes. But it shall be what? Brought down. And what are we? Are we not the temples of the Lord? Are we? Are we not? Let's hear that alone now. We are his temple. But this temple that we call our bodies beautiful, handsome, brilliant, dazzling, glowing. Sometimes, you know, <laughs> when you appear uh, before a mirror and you see yourself, you want to say, yes. I think I'm beautiful. I think I'm handsome. The other time I told some people of some forms of pride. There's the pride, pride of race. Pride of race. Then pride of pace. Pride of face. And pride of grace. Pride of race will have to do with where you are born. I am white. I am green. I am this. I was born uh, in a royal house. I have the blue blood flowing in my vein. Pride of race. I am an American. I'm, an, I'm a Briton. I'm a, a, a British uh, a citizen. I'm a Nigerian. I'm this or that. I'm a Fulani, whatever. Pride of race. Then there's pride of pace. When you are able to move ahead of others, you run ahead of them. You and your classmates, well, you went to school together and uh, by some um, grace uh, upon your life, you are able to go ahead of them. You have achieved this, achieved that. You are gainfully employed. You have bought all this. You have well-placed, comfortable. If care is not taken, you take pride in that. Pride of pace because you have been able to move faster than others. Then there is a pride of face. 
when you think of your comeliness, how beautiful am I? Look at me. How I'm handsome. I'm, I'm this, I'm that. Pride of face. And that's, that, it is in that that many people uh, take their pride today. They, 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 they are proud of uh, their comeliness, their beauty. Yes, beauty is uh, talent given by God. But if God cares not taking, we worship that. We worship the, the, the gift and not the giver. So, no matter how beautiful the temples of our bodies are, they shall be brought down. We shall have to die one day. These two Old Testament characters, Moses and Elijah, appeared unto Jesus Christ and Peter, James, and John. And they began to talk about the death of a man whose faith, uh, face has changed, whose uh, countenance has changed, whose cloth was glistering. They talked about his death. You know, not many Christians want to hear of death these days. We want to talk about our glory, 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 success, breakthrough. We want to make it. We want to do this or that. But, uh, okay, if, <laughs> uh, when I was in Efuanlaye, one of my elders, uh, the late Edward Waju, his alias was Ikulongbe Nyoro. Death is the end of all matter. Okay? That was his alas. Alas, Death is the end of all things. And uh, you know, when, whenever they want to uh, uh, go somewhere on the streets of Efon, Alaye, um, I remember one Dawluafemi would say, uh, Iku, Iku, uh, please, don't, uh, don't be in front or be at the back. <laughs> because uh, it is death that ends all matters. Be at the back. So, but now, okay, if, you, uh, if all you want to be talking about is your glory, your success, your breakthrough, your this or that, that's up to you. But I have told you, you can't be more Christian than Christ. While, even in glory, talk about his death. Now let's talk about his death. If actually we are members of the kingdom, if you are going to the kingdom, we should cultivate a kind of particular interest in the very death of our Lord Jesus Christ. His death becomes the very center of profound interest to all of us if we are members of the kingdom. You know, we should realize the fact that we are going to heaven on the basis of his what? Eh? Of his death. You dare not go to heaven or get to heaven. Who are you to get to heaven? But on the bridge made possible. You know that when man sinned in the Garden of Eden, the bridge between God and man had been damaged, destroyed. So there was a gulf between God and man. But when he came and shed his precious blood on the cruel cross of Calvary, that bridge was restored. So there is no longer any gulf between you and God. You can now walk on that bridge made possible by the death of the cross of Jesus Christ. Okay? Then you walk on that bridge and you go to God. Nobody can go to God except I am the way, the truth, the life. Nobody goes to the Father except by me. 
We are not just sloganeering. That's the truth. God will not allow anybody. It's an insult you're offering to God if you think that you can get to him doing some other things. The Bible says all the works of our hands are like a filthy rag. We are going to heaven on the basis of his death. Therefore, why shouldn't we spend our time talking about his death? In the Old Testament, there was this house of worship called the Tabernacle. In the tabernacle, you know, as, as, as soon as you enter into the tabernacle, the first object, the first piece of furniture you will see in the tabernacle was the altar of burnt offering. Altar of burnt offering, where animals were brought all the time, slaughtered, their blood would be shed and made use of in the tabernacle. The first thing is altar of the tabernacle in the Old Testament before you get to some other uh, vessels and utensils in the tabernacle, it is first and foremost the altar, which speaks of the cross of Christ. There is no way to the holy of holies in the tabernacle if you don't stop at the altar. The altar was a very terrible, uh, it's a terribly smelling place. What you see there will be blood, ashes, Blood, ashes. The sight is um, repulsive. It is the smell there is nauseating. You don't want to be there. And I've always told our people that today, you know, we we don't like blood, do we? We have we we have we have we have a doctor in the house, Abby. Doctors, let's hear down. The, why, 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 why is it that some of our children who are brilliant, they are good at uh, when it comes to science subjects, why is it that they don't, they don't want to read medicine? Because they can't stand the what? The sight of uh, blood. Blood is not, it's not something you want to see. Sometimes you travel on the road and you see, get to the scene of some accidents. You don't want to stop, not because you are not sympathetic with the victims of the accident, but because you don't want to see what? Blood. Some people, when they see blood, it affects them. Okay? Look at our soldiers. When they've been to war front and they've shed much blood, you, when they return home, why do we call, talk about their rehabilitation? Because they are, they, you have to recondition their mind. They've, been, you, they've seen so much blood. Sometimes you see them eating and uh, they look at scans. They don't pay attention. They are, they, are, they are fixated on something. They are thinking about the blood they have seen in the past. So you have a dream. When you, dream, you have a dream and you see blood, what will be your natural reaction when you wake up? Ah, blood, blood, blood. Ah, ah. Because we don't, naturally, we don't like blood. And uh, you know what? As smelling as that altar of burnt offering was in the Old Testament as nauseating as it was as repulsive as uh, the sight was you dare not go into the holy of holies without stopping at the altar today there are people who don't like the gospel of the blood they want a bloodless gospel a gospel that will not nauseate them gospel that will not uh, 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 offend them 
the cross of Christ is offensive. It's got to cause offense. And uh, you cannot talk about the enjoyment of other blessings in Christianity without talking about the death of Christ because it is the death of Christ that makes all other things possible. You know, the Bible says in Galatians 1 verse 4 that the Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins in order to rescue us from the present wicked age in accordance with the will of our God and Father. You know, on the great day of atonement in the, in the Old Testament, you see the high priest. The high priest would um, um, kill the blood of the uh, animal of the sacrifice, then take the blood and uh, sprinkle all the vessels in the tabernacle with that blood. Sprinkle them. In other words, he's saying now the road is now made clear, the way is open for you to enjoy uh, the blessings that uh, these utensils, these vessels represent. But with what were the vessels sanctified? Eh? That's it. Many of us, you know, today we talk about, you know, when you look at all the um, um, things that are placed in the tabernacle, they represent one blessing or the other. The other of burnt offering represents something. The lava represents something. The uh, 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 table of showbread represents something. Uh, the uh, candle, uh, uh, golden candlestick represents something. The altar of uh, incense represents something. The uh, tabernacle itself in the Holy of Holies represents something. But everything in that tabernacle was sprinkled with what? Blood. There is no way you can enjoy the blessings which those utensils, those Vessels represent without the blood. Many people want blessings today. I want my success. I want my breakthrough. I want my prosperity without what? Without the blood. Bloodless gospel. And that's why you have so many um, um, preachers today who only want to... They are more of a crowd psychologist than preachers of righteousness. You know, crowd psychologists know how to manipulate their crowd to, 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 they, they, to make them feel good. Feel good. I remember in the um, movie, Coming to America, you remember? You know, um, that prince, what's his name again? Akim. Akim and his, uh, uh, what's the name of the real prince? Edimofi, no, what's his stage name there? So, but he was the prince. He came to America with his friend and uh, came and, uh, and, so, and so forth. And uh, <laughs> you see, uh, like young men would want to do any, anywhere they go. So they want to, uh, they are curious. They want to know what happened in every city. So they went to this uh, public show uh, uh, where beauty pageant show uh, was being organized. And uh, a, pastor, a pastor was invited to bless those young ladies who are half clad. The English people don't, want, they don't like to emphasize the negatives. I would have said half naked, but half clad. And uh, a pastor was asked to come and bless them. We have pastors like that today around the world. And uh, when that pastor, he, he, remember him? 
He said, oh, when I see beautiful ladies like this and with, with, uh, with all they have, I know there is God somewhere. There is God somewhere. And uh, <laughs> a pastor and uh, Akim and his friend said, yes, this is the place we want to be. We are very much happy to be here. Who wouldn't want to be happy? Who wouldn't like to be happy to be in that kind of a situation when you see ladies in their natural uh, form? So there are persons that all they want to do is make you feel good. Nothing about the blood. But if we are going to heaven, we are members of the kingdom, then we need to cultivate a particular interest in the death of Christ. And there is no way you want to talk about the death of Christ without talking about his blood. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 verse 32, he that spared not his own son but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Now, the Bible says he will give you all things freely. But remember that before he could do that, he did not spare his own son. That is, the, the blessing he will give to you will be conditioned upon the, your acceptance of the blood of his son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross. You know, I've said it earlier, there's always a question, Mike, I want to place in front of uh, some confessions and testimony. So many spurious testimonies these days. Many of us, we are not profound at all. We are not deep. We are not deep. The Bible says, when the uh, sower went out and he sowed that seed, he said, some fell on the rock. There was no, there was no much earth. So he could, he could not, he could not, he could, he couldn't be rooted in the ground. That's how many people come to church. No, we, don't, we are not rooted in the world. I've been to Israel on a number of occasions. So about four times I've been to the land of Israel. I went in 1980, 2014, 15, 16. I remember when we went to Israel in 2014. I've seen that before. When we went in 1980, we got to um, the place called Mara, where the bitter waters were turned into sweet. <clears throat> but uh, they have done something, they have piped it. So you, you don't have to go into the pond. It's now piped, you only turn the tap on and then collect the water. And some of the people that we travel with, I say, ah, oh, and they put their heads under the tap and begin to, to say, today, the, 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 the matter of my life has come to an end. The matter of my life, the bitterness of my life. And I say, you know what? If you go to Israel, if care is not taken, you become an idol, idol worshiper. You'll be worshiping relics and uh, tombs and things like that. I said, so, so those who, Christians who do not go to Israel, the matter of their life remains, Abi. Christianity is not, it's not about touching, about seeing. It's like, blessed are those who did not see me, but believe. So let's be careful, otherwise we become something else. What am I saying? Well, in 2014, we were in Israel, and uh, we had to visit the Caiaphas Palace, the palace of the high priest. You know that the trial of our Lord Jesus Christ was in two stages. It, it, you had the religious 
trial, and then the um, um, uh, trial by Governor Pilate, which was uh, 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 about the government. So the religious trial, when he was arrested in Gethsemane, he was, he was taken straight away, led by those um, uh, religious um, soldiers to the palace of the high priest. <clears throat> there he spent the night. And um, we were there and uh, we were taken to we were shown the place, the dungeon. I will read something to you now, for you now. The dungeon where Christ was placed that night. You know that throughout his three and a half years of public ministry, our Lord Jesus Christ did not sleep in Jerusalem for a night. Go and search your Bible very well. Not for a night. Yes, he will come to Jerusalem. He will minister. He will preach. He will teach. He will heal. He will do all sorts of things. And he will go probably to Bethany, a nearby town, into the house of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, their brother. But he never spent a night in Jerusalem. The only night our Lord Jesus Christ spent in Jerusalem was in the dungeon. In Caiaphas Palace, in the dungeon. I know for us visitors, pilgrims in Israel, to go to that dungeon, some staircase had been made. You go through that staircase down, down, down the dungeon. And you come out same way. But in the case of our Lord Jesus Christ, what did they do to him that day, that night? They tied his hands with rope and let him down by that robe. Into the, there was no staircase then. They let him down with that robe into the bottom of the dungeon. And uh, when you get to that dungeon today, you will see how Psalm 88 was opened. They placed a big Bible there on an altar or a lectern like this, and Psalm 88 was open. What does Psalm 88 say? Listen. Say, O Lord, God of my salvation, I have cried out day and night before you. Let my prayer come before you. Incline your ear to my cry. This is about Christ. This psalm is about Christ. For my soul is full of troubles. My life draws near to the grave. I'm counted with those who go down to the pit. I'm like a man who has no strength. Adrift among the dead. Like the slain who lie in the grave. Whom you remember no more. And who are cut off from your hand. You have laid me in the lowest pit. In darkness. In the depths. Your wrath lies heavy upon me. And you have afflicted me with all your waves. You have put away my acquaintances far from me. You have made me an abomination to them. I am shut up. I cannot get out. This, 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 this are the cries of Christ. They are in the dungeon. This applies to Christ in the dungeon. And you know what? This is Christ talking about, this I'm talking about Christ, about his suffering, about his death. And uh, you know, when we have seen all that, you know what? The man that uh, was asked to pray, the only prayer point he could raise amongst us was, Lord, let us pray that, the, that God will deliver us from all the pit of life. 
everything about us is about ogun wahala ishoro trouble war we are talking about the death of Christ how interested are you in his death Elijah and Moses appeared unto him in glory and they talk about his death we shall continue talking about this death of Christ some other Sundays God willing shall we rise up for prayer Let us pray that the death of Christ will be of interest to us above all the things. Shall I turn it to prayer, please? Rejoice in God.